there's one thing that I know is true. Never dim your light. Shine it so freaking bright. Because you, my gorgeous soul, are unique. Your story is unique. Your passion is unique. Your business is unique. And your brand is unique. So right here on the Magnetic Brand Builders podcast, I want to ensure that you never dim your light and you will always shine it bright. I'm here to bring you conversations, ideas and inspirations around building a magnetic brand which creates connection and trust within your community. Hey look, I have a no bullshit approach to helping you own your story, which is your superpower. Showing up with confidence on camera and being more awesome than you already are for the people that you are trying to connect with, that's what I'm about. I have over 17 years of brand, marketing and business experience, so I'm here for the long haul, here to help you build a solid foundation for your freaking amazing brand. So hang on tight, we are going to learn some sensational stuff here at the Magnetic Brand Builders Podcast. Well, yeah. hello and welcome to the Magnetic Brand Builders Podcast. I'm Kristen Werner and I'm here with Amelia from Be to the Drop Podcast and Narrative Marketing, who is also a very, very good friend of mine. And I have worked for her for years and she would probably be the reason why I started a podcast. And so today I want to talk to her about her podcast journey in order to inspire you for yours, because I know it is a freaking daunting thing to do. And I put it off for years and years, uh, knowing full well that uh, talking and audio is my jam, but just, I don't know, for some reason I put it off. And what I love the most is when Amelia and I have been working together and she said she was going to start a podcast. How many years ago, Amelia? It was 2016. Yeah, right. So when she said that, I remember thinking like, oh, I don't really know that much about podcasts. I don't really listen to them. And what I loved is you just kept chugging and chugging and chugging and you were up to what number episode now? Mm, on the spot yeah so (laughs) um it's just been a really inspiring thing to watch and certainly from my point of view in starting a podcast I've turned to you for questions and things like that and what I wanted to do on the episode today is to let's just imagine you are coaching me on how to start a podcast and what I need to know and I suppose firstly before I go too far please introduce yourself and tell us about you and your business so that we can tune in and listen to you and find out more because you are truly amazing and one inspiring woman. Wow, what an intro. Do you like that? I know, right? (laughs) Uh, Look, it's a pleasure to join you and that's pretty cool feedback that I was one of the reasons you started a podcast like that. That feels great. Like, okay, my job here is done. Yeah, uh, mic drop. <laughs> no, look, yeah. So my business is narrative marketing. I love storytelling, the power of storytelling. I believe it is the key super superpower in how we learn. Um, we can change the world with storytelling because we learn and evolve. We create empathy and understanding. Um, you know, it's my jam. Mm-hmm. Um, and... So my podcast is called Be The Drop based on a saying that I like, which is a waterfall begins with one drop. And that's really because I really like this collective consciousness that storytelling enables us. It enables us to bring like-minded drops, people, together Mm -hmm. um, and so that we can create a greater impact because I don't believe that any great impact happens singularly or alone, Um, you know, whether that be for a positive cause or whether it be to build a business success, you know, whatever it is, 
um, family units, uh, a classroom, anything. I don't know. Like we do stuff better together. And so I investigate and chat to people around that I think embody be the drop, which is someone like yourself, KJ. You're just (laughs) talking before. You're probably one of my my most regular um, guests across my, you know, coming up to 300 episodes. I yeah, release a weekly episode um, and have been doing that. <laughs> and I remember, <laughs> like, the funny thing is, like, <laughs> I remember back to when you started and I was like, okay, so is this going to make you money? Like, why are you doing this for your business? And you're like, no, nah, I just like storytelling. And I was like, I know, but tell me more. And so I'm, I'm interested. We, we yeah, will so get why, to that in a minute. Yeah. But. Yeah. I suppose I want to just go back to um, the reason it's called Be The Drop because you brushed over that, but I feel like it's got so much power and I just want you to repeat it slowly just for the audience to understand the power in what Be The Drop means. So it's about, I'm the saying, a waterfall begins with one drop. And the full saying is, and look what comes from that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that from a drop and the collection uh, and the strong focused path of multiple drops, we can create waterfalls. And so and I, love I think that. and I think impact is like that. If you want to have impact or change, um, then you need to bring people with you. Uh, yeah. it's not something you do solely by yourself. And realistically, as people, we don't want to do it by ourselves. In business, we don't want to do it by ourselves. We have the people that work with us, whether they be staff or whether they be suppliers, contractors, you know, whatever it is within the business. And then we have our customers that are working with us. You know, there's this integrated network of people that make things happen. And that's important. I love that. And what's what got me thinking, and this is what I want this podcast to be about, is fast and loose in terms of when something comes up, I want to investigate it. And oh, for me, yeah. it's something that I am truly passionate about in terms of, why do you love to investigate the story? Like what for you is the power in understanding the story in communications? So. Like where did it come from? Where did that, well, that like passion, because it, for you beyond, it's a mad passion. Yeah, it's beyond the as communication. It's who I am as a person. It's elemental. Like um, I feel connected to people through story. I understand the world and concepts and people through story and we all do that when we're in primary school that's we read stories that's how we learn to read and write and I just never stopped (laughs) I mean I'm not a primary school teacher I don't have the patience for that they're amazing (laughs) my youngest is about to start and good luck to them yeah um but you know I I think that if, you know, like we can't have the lived experience of everyone. No. I can't be, uh, you know, a man. Uh, maybe I could go through a gender change, but like I physically, I, I am a female. I can't be uh, an, an Indigenous First Nations person. I can't be uh, whatever, whatever. Like I haven't got those lived experiences. I haven't mm. experienced all those things. But through listening to the stories of others, you know, I don't suddenly become an expert, but I can have empathy and understanding and compassion so that then I can better position myself to walk with people, to have mm. them join me in the waterfall, like, or I can join their waterfall. 
And you can't join and align with people if you don't understand them. You yeah. can't build customers around you and bring them on your journey if you don't understand them. And we understand each other through our stories. So if we go, oh, this is my story and I'm only interested in this, and we blinker ourselves, then we limit our opportunities. We limit ourselves. We limit everything. And I don't want that. So, like, I just, like, I can't not be interested in story. And I love that because I even got goosebumps listening to that because I know how incredibly passionate you are. And what I, what I love the most is that you live and breathe and take action on, on what you say. And I think that's really powerful. And so for somebody in business, so I've got, let's imagine we've got a startup and she's um, at home wondering how she's going to do this. What would you say to her in terms of how to share her story in a way that could create impact? And could, could create the waterfall. Like, how does she do that? Yeah, well, I mean, there's a couple of different elements. But before you get to sharing the story, you need to understand your story. Mm. Um, and I know you talk about understanding your why. And that is a critical element in mm. understanding the story. So, you know, know why you're doing what you're doing. Absolutely important. Mm. But for me, and if I want to be impactful and magnetic, like I have to have the lens of why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then the really equally important lens for me is why would anybody else care or mm. why would it help them? How does it help them? So that the lens has to be an equilibrium balance. It cannot be just about me and my why or your business and your why. And because you might have the greatest solution or service, you know, product, whatever it is. But if you can't articulate the story of why it matters, you know, and people talk yeah. about be benefits, what's the benefit? But really for me, like what is the story that will resonate, mm. uh, you know, and a great storyteller because if you want to be impactful, you have to think about how you deliver the story. And I use this analogy a lot and I the analogy is that if I have a story and stories have a key, key elements in them. So something happened and I need to explain that story to my five-year-old or my 12-year-old children. Even between five and 12, I use different language and different bits of information. I change how I deliver it slightly. Then I go, same story, and I'm telling it to my mum and dad and they're in their 70s. Again, slightly, I'll probably include a bit more details and information, but I still change the language I don't talk to my parents in the same way I would when I go to the pub with you mm. and we've got the wine and I am telling you story <laughs> telling the story totally uncensored <laughs> all of the languages in there the really rip roar and stuff everything it is exactly the same story the same mm. thing happened it doesn't matter what it is but each and every one of us does this at every time Mm -hmm. Every day, all the time, when we're interacting with people we work with who might be more senior, the per people we work with that are doing the same sort of job with us, the, you know, our sisters, our brothers, you know, our mothers and fathers, kids, whoever, we talk differently mm. depending on our relationships with those people. We share different elements of story of ourselves and who we are. Now, we do that innately and mm -hmm. we're really, really good at it. We don't even think about it. Yeah. It's just what we do. So in a business context, 
you know, and you talk about how important it is to simplify it, just simplify it. Like yeah. why do we suddenly make marketing so complicated? Yeah. Don't complicate it. Think about what it is you do, what it is you sell, and how you would interact with somebody who might want that. Yeah. And you do it truthfully, genuinely, and then your story resonates. Yeah. Like don't overcomplicate it. Just think about how you talk to people and how you, if you were going to be that customer, would want to talk to you. That's how you start having impact. Yeah. No, Is I that think a long way to answer the question. No, it was a good way because I think what got me thinking, which I know I think a lot, and um, what got me thinking is for those people that, um, you know, in this day and age, you've got to have a purpose and you've got to have this like why and you've got to have, and if it's not like this amazing um, business that you think that you've got, like for somebody just starting out that's like, well, all I do is, I don't know, bake cookies and sell them and hope that it's going to work or I make jewellery or, you know, I want to just kind of delve into the part, I think, in storytelling that's really important around the fact that if it's important to you, how do you translate that yeah Yeah. because I think sometimes it's brushed over like you know the big things are like so important and like you want to change the world and then you've got some people that might be thinking well I make amazing jewelry and I love it because it does this this but it's hard for them I think in this noisy space to feel like what they do is truly purposeful does that make sense yeah but and I think in that scenario in that question maybe it's thinking too big um, mm. like the waterfalls don't all, all have to be Niagara. Yeah. You know, like it could be the waterfall as you're walking along a path and there's a creek and it drops two feet. Like, you and know, I think it's for me, it's wanting to simplify it. So people feel like comfortable in that what they're yeah. doing is magnetic and it is important. And if it's important to them, then it can create. Well, and I think this is why you, the equal element is not just about yourself and your why it's about the who. So once you start equally weighting the who you're doing this for with why you're doing it, then Mm. your context gets created for you. So in an example, let's say you're a business and you make dog food, right? Mm. And the reason you started creating this dog food is that your dog um, had skin allergies and Mm. was you know commercial dog food was making this worse you were spending so much money going to the vet trying to fix it get all these things solved and it was you know the dog was in pain and discomfort and that caused you pain and it was expensive and so you're like there has to be a better way so you created this dog food that's got natural ingredients I don't Mm. know other things that go into dog dog food. I don't know a lot about dog food. That's cool. Uh, And so, but you created it and it solves this problem. So the reason you're going to connect with an audience is because they will have that problem. They have a dog. So, A, okay, good connection. Their dog has some sort of allergies or they're really conscious about what they feed their dog or whatever it is, and they care and they've been down that journey, they've paid the money, they've tried this, tried this, that hasn't worked, and then they find your dog food and their dog is happier and healthier, they're saving money and it is great. Yeah. That story, because it aligns, so it doesn't have to be bigger than Ben-Hur. Yeah. You fed a dog and it was happier. 
Mm. But for people who care about their dog, that's actually really, really important. Yeah. So, you know, for somebody who doesn't like dogs, they're not going to get that story. Mm. They don't care. And that's fine. I think the problem becomes when we think everyone has to care about our stories. Yeah, maybe that's it. I think that's. But they don't. Mm. And nor should we want them to because there are so many variations in business and services and people and reasons and needs. So, I th- yeah, so the advice is not everyone's going to care about your story mm. and that's how it should be. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. That's human and that's our collectiveness of lots of different needs. They yeah. might be a cat person. That's it. <laughs> you know, you're never going to convert them. No, and so when in saying that, like when you started the podcast and yeah. when you had that moment where you were like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to commit, which you really did. You committed. Mm. How has it changed? Oh, how has it stayed the same is a bigger question. Yeah, and uh, I, because I want to get into <laughs> the people that are starting to think, I want to start a podcast. Is this right for me? Like what, what started your journey and how has it changed? Or so I had started my business the year before in 2015 um, as narrative marketing and I knew – Um, that stories was the space in marketing that I wanted to work in. And so I started a blog. It was 2015. Everyone had a blog. You had to have a blog. blog. But it was killing me. I was like, you know, I was writing a blog on how to do Facebook marketing. And I was like, I don't care. Uh, (laughs) Go and read someone else's blog. There's a million of them already out there. Yeah. Um, and so the me, my why was not, not there at all. So why would anybody read it? Why would they care if I didn't care? Mm. I was like, no, I mean, I still have a blog and blogs are a useful part for search engine optimization. I definitely recommend you have one as a marketer, um, (laughs) like not just as a marketer, as any business, um, keyword it up and write them, but think about how you'd write them. And it wasn't, that wasn't working for me. So, um, I went to social media marketing world it was yeah. this conference in san diego um it was like it was big it was american it was over the top you know it was like three thousand people delegates there and they were all marketers and they loved up and it was oh, i was so amazing and um they had a podcast screen and at this point you know in, in 2015 in australia podcasts just weren't that big um, mm. They were really niche and unknown. Like most people, including myself, had never heard of a podcast. But I was like, oh, that sounds like fun talking. Woohoo. I could um, do that. <laughs> yeah. And so I went along and I, I met um, John Lee Dumas, who has a podcast called Entrepreneurs on Fire. And he stood outside his session, none of the other sessions that I went to do this. And he hugged everyone who walked in. This was obviously pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, and he was like, give us a hug. Thanks for coming. And I was like, what? And he started his podcast. He was a bit like, I'm sorry, John, JLD. Um, I don't do a good accent, but it's like, hello, 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 Fire Nation. <laughs> and he's like, but he, he did doing, well. He was doing, he, and I think he still does, oh my gosh, daily podcasts. Wow. He has got heaps of information. So, as a tip, if you're going to start a podcast, go and look up John Lee Dumas, Entrepreneurs on Fire. 
his website. He shares so much, so many resources. He talks about how he monetizes his podcast, if that's what you want to do, um, but from everything. Um, and I am still part of his podcasting group. Um, he, he's just very open and sharing with his information and how he's built a very big business he now lives tax-free in the bahamas like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. living the dream nice from podcasting so yeah look he's got lots of resources but i think a big tip as well before you start podcasting is the same understand why what are you going to say who are you going to talk to um and really don't underestimate the time that it takes it is a time commitment there is work involved I mean it seems really lovely oh great we just have a conversation with someone record it fab it needs to get edited you need to upload it you need to share it you need to create social media around it to promote it uh so it's a commitment um and (laughs) I don't know. I'm just really stubborn because here I am five years later still doing it. But, but is it a commitment that you're thankful that you made? Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, I, and I did say to you before, um, you know, I feel like it's time for Be The Drop to evolve and either change its format or change and I'll start a new podcast. Uh, I mean, we, like some of the, the most incredible thing, like people go to me, oh, but how do you monetize your podcast? And like big monetization from podcasts comes from big listener numbers. Now, I don't work in that space. I haven't focused on making sure I have, you know, hundreds and thousands of listeners. I mean, we get, like, I'm really happy with our numbers, not that I can tell you what they are because I don't check them very often. But, you know, like an episode might get 500 listens. I'm super happy with that. Mm. You know, sometimes they'll get more. That's fabulous. All, All of it is great. Um, and it's evergreen content and people contact me. So for me, it was I needed to do something as a marketing business. I felt I needed to have content and create mm. content. Yeah. And I didn't want it to just be me and my opinions on something in marketing. Yeah. It's, that's just not who I am. And so it was around sharing stories of people that are either doing cool things in marketing, doing cool businesses, working on um, causes that I like. So one of the tips I would say that I don't do, but I think if you're starting a podcast now, you probably really need to, particularly if you want it, if numbers are a big thing, then niching is important. Need to be more niche not generalist i'm generalist in be the drop and that doesn't help necessarily with getting huge big numbers but i don't do it for that reason so i'm okay with that um for me why i do narrative why i do be the drop and what benefit has for narrative marketing it's a marketing i do it as marketing under narrative marketing although it's very um, non-marketing focused. I'm sharing other people's stories and I market their businesses. Mm. Um, but I always have links back to my website. I always have connections to, you know, things, services that I offer. They're very small, but they're in there. So it's, I am the advertising, narrative marketing advertisers in Be The Drop. Yeah. And that's why I started it, you know, as a way to talk about my business, but in through a vehicle and a way of doing that that I felt comfortable with, that felt genuine to me, Um, and that's through sharing other people's stories. And it has really, it has benefited me. Um, You know, I have a a bigger profile. You know, I live in Adelaide and 
I'll go to events and people will be like, oh, yeah, be the drop. I've listened to so-and-so's episode or something and I'll be like, what? okay, cool. What? Yeah, oh, I'm here. Yeah, Hi, guys, I'm here. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, yeah, just really cool. Like people recognize me and I'm sort of surprised and then I go, oh, that's right. I release this podcast into the world and people listen. Um, and then you meet Which is them. kind of the, the cool thing about <laughs> a podcast in terms of it doesn't have to, it doesn't feel like you have to be front and centre. Like it's kind of this really cool content creation tool that you can create and be a part of and it kind of just nearly happens and then all of a sudden you get people like, oh, my God, I heard that podcast and I loved it. You're like, oh, okay, that was me. That's yeah, cool. yeah, no, it's really cool. And I don't, look, there are, you know. How do you, how do you find it for community building? Uh, you know, there are some really powerful communities built around podcasts. Again, I don't do community. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more like, I, 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 you know, I am part of other people's communities through podcasts um, but because it depends on what the outcome is. Like for yeah. me, narrative marketing is a business. I, I'm a B2B. I'm not a B2C. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking at, strengthening connections so I'm strategic about who I pick to interview I go oh Mm. yeah that's an industry I might want to be part of or that's somebody I might want to work with I will reach out to them and say hey can I interview you and then they know me yeah and they've been a guest on my show and then they go oh hey actually we've got some work can narrative marketing come in and look if they don't say that I'm 100% okay with that Mm. But that it has it has manifested in that way. So if people are thinking about starting a podcast, understanding that some you know that relationship building is a long term thing. Yeah, like I've been doing this for a long time. So if you're looking at building relationships and building connections and building profile to get work, then it's probably going to take. A long time it doesn't have to take five years but it's just um, like I suppose it's just like a blog like you're putting effort into content so if you yeah. enjoy it it's something that you can put out there uh-huh. that again like, yeah. sends people back to your website sends people back to what you do and so it's it's kind of going with the groove of what feels good for you oh look the, one of the key reasons why I'm still doing be the drop is because I love it and mm. that opportunity I feel so privileged to mm. interview these people, you know, and some of the people I've had the opportunity to interview is just mind-blowing to me. Mm. Uh, and I now get to go to conferences and events as media. I, you know, mm. uh, uh, I go, oh, hey, can I, I, I'm really interested in these speakers you've got. I'd love to come along and do some interviews. And they go, oh, sure, here's a media pass. Come to our conference and we'll get we'll introduce you to the keynote speaker that may have just come over from america and i'm like oh my god okay yeah, i don't mind if I, I do how would i get to that and look i mean there's more and more podcasters so maybe that'll be harder in the future but i think that's I the can't thing believe like, it. i find at the moment not overwhelming but there's quite a lot of podcasts out there and so from somebody who's been doing this for a long time who's got a very professional fine-tuned machine if i came to you and said right which I have done in the past and, you know, <laughs> how do I start? Like what do I need? Top three things that I need to start and why are they important? Okay, so I think you need to be really clear on your idea. What is it that you're going to talk about? And the idea should also include how, like a format because it's a podcast. So, 
you need to understand. So listen to podcasts first. Mm. Um, you need to understand, is it going to be an interview podcast, how, you know, length, duration, um, frequency of release? And, you know, so the idea needs to not just be, I'm going to talk about X, mm. right? That's not an idea in the podcast world because, like, look it up. Somebody else is already talking about X. So, and that's fine. There's not a problem. I mean, you go to a, a library or a bookshop. I know people don't necessarily do that. Okay, go to Audible or Kindle, whatever. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's better. Your, that's better. Your books these days. I like a bookshop. Mm-hmm. And there are heaps and heaps of different books on gardening mm. you know, or ebooks or whatever on any particular topic. There's lots of them. There's a lot more books in mm. circulation than there are podcasts. And yet people are still releasing books. Um, so, but a book on gardening could be quite different, you know, mm. and how you, you go, this is my idea. This is how I'm going to structure it. This is why, you know, it's my unique version of this idea. So really f- flesh out your idea. So that's number one. Yeah. And like, don't, so it has to be way more than I'm just going to do a podcasting on gardening. Mm. hooray good for you that's like saying I'm going to go outside Mm. your idea needs to be a lot more detailed so some of those key elements Um, and then so flesh that out feel really comfortable and practice telling people about it and when you tell people about it ask them how they feel get feedback concepts so really flesh that idea then your second one is really know your audience Um, we do in marketing world um, a buyer profile um in podcasting it's an audience profile come up with that and I like to have a generalized persona for the for these it just helps me look it might be an old school marketing thing but pick someone um give them a name so for me is that like if it's gardening is is this gardening show and topic and style going to be more relevant to men or women so give them a gender and it might be kind of quite equal uh and so for be the drop my um listener profile is called bobby she is female uh but she can easily be male yeah um, so and like she's she's real cool more female but anyway um <laughs> so give them a name give them traits understand what sort of industry they work in what are their priorities so like that's your buyer profile there's lots of templates google that um and create an audience profile so really understand who you're going to talk to because going back to the example i gave earlier that's going to that's going to depend how you'll talk Hmm. And it will also influence who you'll interview because who's going to appeal to that or if it's interview or, you know, if you're going to do a solo show and one of the things that your audience is really time poor, then do a five-minute solo show, you know, hmm. 10-minute. Like think about how what you're going to do, your idea matches to who's going to listen. Yeah. And then so there, there are some of the really key things. And then the third thing is think about equipment. And, you know, just, and I know some, like the big thing is going to be, well, what equipment, what do I need? Like, yeah. I'm going to put that there. Cause I know for me yeah. personally, I was like, okay, well, what do I need? Like, what's really important? I'm on a budget. Where do I go first? And what do I need? Yeah. Look, do you know, I think I even have a worksheet on this. So I could, could we put it link. in the show notes? We could put it in the show notes. Let's put it in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you but so much. Equipment wise, look, uh, so a podcast is an audio only medium and you think about humans and how we consume stuff we're quite visual um and so when you take that out 
and you're just listening to audio, it is a heightened sense. Mm. So your 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 um, hearing sense will then become really tuned. Um, so I like I'm a you know this. I'm a stickler <laughs> for good audio quality. Um, and look, I must admit. There are, there are podcasts I've come across that the second I hear, I'm like, no, I'm out. And it's not to turn people off trying it because at the end of the day, try it and you will know, but and and also I I do agree with you. Yeah. Look, and and my first, gosh, I don't even know how many episodes, but I've got early episodes where some of the audio is terrible. Mm. Um, And that's been a learning journey. And I've tried lots of different microphones until I found my favorite. My favorite is the Rode. Um, pod mic which is cool because that's an australian brand road but i also love the audio technica uh there's lots that i like i really really recommend recording through a separate um, audio recording device i use a zoom um but it's not necessary for starting out so actually to start with i'd say just start Mm. so use what you've got um you know if you've got some headphone set that came free with your phone and you've got a computer, a laptop, you could start a podcast. Um, There are some pretty good mics. Like you've got a Yeti and like I rate the Yeti as a starter mic. I think it's a really great um, price point to start in. Plugs directly into your computer. Um, And Mm. then, so equipment in that equipment list, think about soundproofing your room. What, so hang out in your closet? Like I'm literally. in your closet because. So we're literally in my closet. I've got clothes everywhere and it looks like I'm in like some weird dungeon. I've invited Amelia into my closet. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, so that's acoustic acoustic treatment of your room. Mm. Um, And it's to do with the fact that sound waves bounce off hard surfaces. So, and then it creates echo and it's not great to listen to. Um, So, Try and make sure your room's got carpet, curtains, um, add in clothes, go into your wardrobe, makeshift it as much as possible. You don't need a soundproof treated room. Um, and then for editing, so this is under equipment. We're still yeah, yeah, that's fine. yeah no, I'm into that. Yep, that's um, fine. <laughs> the number one, my number one tip for starting out is Descript. Um, is a software called Descript. You should definitely add a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I have no affiliation with them other than they have saved me time Mm. and time is my most precious commodity. So I would love them eternal for that. I love that. Um, I love that. I can't talk highly more of that. (laughs) It's a really cool tool for I'm not trained in editing. I um, have editors that I pay through narrative marketing to do most of my editing work. But if I need to do some of it, I Descript has made that possible for me. And I suppose to kind of slowly wrap it up, well, not slowly, yes. but we'll wrap it up. In terms of the next question I have, just touching on the fact that you have people that help you edit, let's go to have you ever used like a VA or anybody that has been budget-friendly that you have used being, you know, in the startup kind of phase of this or have you done it yourself and then gone, no, I need to employ somebody, you know, Who's, who does this for a living? Like where do you yes. sit on that and, and some advice around that? Okay, I've done them all. Mm-hmm. So I know you have. I know. That's why I love this so, question. <laughs> yeah, look, I have tried editing it myself. Uh, as I just said before, I'm really time poor, so that didn't work for me. And can you just say why? Why, do, why is it time poor and why, why does me? it take up so much time? Uh, uh, look, editing 
so I think it's a, a one to three ratio. They often say like, oh, you know, so 10 minutes of audio recording could take 30 minutes of editing. Yeah. Obviously that depends on the level of editing you're going to do. Um, but because Be The Drop is associated with my business, it's put out under my business banner and we create, <laughs> I have clients who are podcast clients. Mm. Um, and so, yours is, is certainly a different one in terms of you are then creating podcasts for businesses and so forth. So yeah, in so terms of what a, I do professionally. So mm. I really, I'm a bit more conscious about what yep. I release because it's, yep. you know, if someone who is going, oh, maybe I should get uh, Amelia and Narrative Marketing to do my podcast and then they listen to mine and it sounded bad, mm. then they'd be like, oh, no, perhaps I won't. Mm. Um, and look, even saying that though, I've still definitely got some that haven't sounded great. Often if I go to a live event, for an example, um, I will say at the beginning, this is recorded live at wherever mm. it is. Um, and so you'll hear a bit of background noise. And I tell the listeners that at the beginning. And I think that's a really important key because I know when I listen to a podcast and I hear someone say that I'm therefore prepared yeah. for what's yeah. to come, where I think if you just roll in and it's not great and you don't then say anything. they'll be going like, what? Is that always? Yeah. And because this might be the first podcast of yours yeah. that they've listened to. Yeah. I've literally got nearly 300 episodes, but mm. I don't know where they're going to start. Yeah. And people don't start at the beginning, you no. know, like so, or, or happen to pick your best recorded episode. Yeah. They yeah. just start where they start. So. Um, giving them that advice, and again, that comes down to the fact that it's not a visual platform. So yeah. if it was a video, you would see that it's live, you know, yeah. and yeah. you would still say, "Oh, we're here live." Yeah. So say the same thing. Yeah. Um, but that so. doesn't come back to the question, which was around editing. So I have used VAs to do editing in the past. I didn't like the quality that we got, and I think I've tried two or three different versions. Um, and I also then again found that it wasn't really time saving for me. Mm. Um, so that didn't really work. And so really what, um, I mean, and my videographer who's worked with me for a long time, he's currently on paternity leave doing dad duties, which is very <laughs> cute. He gives me yeah, love that. photo updates of his gorgeous daughter, Patricia. Um, and so he's, He's gone on paternity leave. I was like, oh, my gosh, my world is ending. Um, do Can I survive without Chris? But I'm going okay. Um, everything's okay. Everything's uh, okay. He, I check in with him and he checks in with me. So, I love <laughs> that. I love that. It's fine. Um, so he edited, like, really most of the Be The Drop episodes. We tried different things, but um, we were so spoiled with Chris he's got such great attention to detail he's really good um at what he does so then that gets becomes a bit addictive mm. um but he's gone on paternity leave so we needed to work with someone else so I've got Ethan editing episodes at the moment he's a young up-and-coming filmmaker in Adelaide and he does some podcast and video editing as well um the thing that I like about local so Chris and Ethan um, and we have had some other podcast, local podcast editors as well, is that I can meet them. I can yeah. talk to them. I can give them my creative direction. And then they basically operate like remote. So they don't do their editing with me, um, mm. particularly not in COVID times. So they are remote. It's mm. just that they're remote in Adelaide. And that's been what's worked best for me. Yeah. Um, but maybe that's because I'm quite particular. 
So yeah. I, I and yours is a different kind of level too in terms of who you're speaking to and who you're creating for as well. Yeah. So there and there are more and more platforms, and I get sent emails for edit from editors looking for work. So I think do your research and try. Um, mm. Certainly, editing some of your own to begin with is really good. I mm. use Descript. Yeah. Um, but it's a great process for giving you an appreciation of what's involved. Yeah. And I think it's real like it's very hard to give direction and ask for things to be done a certain way if you don't know what you're asking for. So if you have an edited audio and you're trying to ask someone else to do it, mm-hmm. how do you do that? That's right. actually a really great tip because I think, you know, especially when you're starting out, do it yourself. Yeah. And not understand what it takes to do it so that therefore you can communicate that to somebody and then when they turn around and say well, this is how I've done it, this is what I thought or whatever, this is the cost, then you know the time kind of ratio yeah. in terms of cost and so forth. Well, and it really means that you're more likely to get the outcome that you want because yeah. you know you know what you're asking for. If yeah. you've never created podcast content before, how will you give direction on what that should be? Yeah. Mm. And so to wrap this up, oh, yes. I would love to just go, because as we know, well, you don't know, but we know we can chat for hours and hours, mm. but I want to wrap this up with your most magnetic brand building tip in terms of podcast connection and how to be magnetic on a podcast. Sorry. Okay. How to be magnetic on a podcast. No, put you on the spot there. Yeah, I know. I love it. But the thing for me and so I'm coming at this from the person that's asking questions. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so, I mean, it's ironic that I'm asked, answering this as the person that's answering. But most of my experience on podcasts has been as the interviewer and asking questions. And I think to be magnetic as an interviewer, you need to be really good at active listening skills. Mm-hmm. And you talk about the fact that it's a, you know, any skill is a muscle and you have to practice it. Now, active listening means you've got two things going on at once because you're in the present moment listening to your guest and they're talking but then you're also actively thinking and going okay what's the next question and so that you don't necessarily like you might have an idea of some questions going into the interview but if your guest starts telling you this stuff and saying things and you're just like whoa this is so much better than what Mm. I was going to talk about, what I thought we should, you know, what questions I thought we should ask. So to be really magnetic in a podcast, you need to be actively listening, thinking, evolving. It's actually quite exhausting. Like I'm quite Mm. tired after a podcast interview because you're really in, you're you're doing these two things at once, you're listening and thinking and you're reading the next question. Mm. But if you want to be magnetic, if you want to get the best from your guest and get the best outcome for your listeners, then be an active listener and evolve your questions as you go. I love that. That's my tip. No, I really, really love that because (laughs) I know you do it so well and I know it's something that as a listener of podcasts, I love nothing more than when you're thinking like you're listening to a story and then all of a sudden you're thinking in your head like I hope they and then all of a sudden they ask it and you go, yeah, you did. So I think, you know, that's so important because it's 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 getting that confidence to feel comfortable in terms of just being in the moment and listening and allowing yourself to go okay that's I'm not answering asking any of the questions here 
but I want to know the next part of your story. So I think that is a great way to finish off our podcast. And I thank you so much. And where can people find you? Please tell us, and I'll put it in the show notes, obviously, but please tell us where we can find you. So my website's narrativemarketing.com.au, Instagram, be the drop. It's got a B underscore, the underscore drop, which is an awkward handle perhaps I should evolve that and of course be the drop podcast on all of your favorite podcast um listening apps I love that thank you so much for being with us and I'm sure this is not the last time we will chat to you oh I hope not (laughs) 